You're listening to Up Your Game, a podcast all about sports. I'm Travis Harrison, joined once again by my best friend, Ben Weir. Excited to have you on another episode, buddy. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. Well, in this episode, we'll be recapping week two of the NFL and all the drama that unfolded. Before we do that, I wanted to give a shout out to the Seattle Seahawks for taking down the Denver Broncos last Monday night. They were playing while we were podcasting, so didn't get to go over that game. Ben, how impressed were you that the Seahawks were able to beat the Broncos and spoil Wilson's return back to Seattle? I think it's pretty funny, honestly. But yeah, I was, I was very impressed. Like I, like when they announced Geno Smith as the starter, I was like, "All right, Seahawks are, you know, they're tanking. Like they're just they're, they're, they're not even but trying. He looked good. <laughs> yeah, yeah they look, he looked good, man. Like who the crap was that guy that like embodied is Peyton Manning inside of him or something like that. Like he looked actually pretty good. I, I was, I was very surprised and impressed, but yeah, great job Seattle for knocking off Russell and the, and the Broncos who were supposed to be uh, contending for the West. It's not looking good so far. Did they really get rid of Russell or was that still him? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Gino is Russell. <laughs> oh, what in the world? Mind blown. <laughs> Well, as we move into the week two recap, the excitement didn't last long for the Seahawks because after their impressive win against the Broncos, they came back down to earth, got shellacked by the 49ers, a team that was able to rebound after a tough loss last week to the Bears. The 49ers could be without Trey Lance, their quarterback, for quite a while. He took a first quarter carry against the Seahawks and got drilled by Seahawks linebacker Cody Barton. Lance stayed on the ground after the play and the cart was brought out for him. His leg got caught underneath him, and they didn't appear to be moving his leg as he was helped onto the cart. He left the game with an air cast on his right leg. Jimmy G entered the game and had a solid showing helping San Francisco win this game. Ben, I'm sure the 49ers are glad they didn't trade away Garoppolo in the offseason as they obviously looked comfortable with him out there leading the team. Yeah, I mean, they've got to be super happy with themselves for not getting rid of him to Carolina or or even to Cleveland for that matter, but it's crazy because this could have been a whole different story with Trey Lance gone. They would have had nobody else backing him up um, behind. I don't even know who the backup would have been if it wasn't Jimmy G. But yeah, I'm sure. I mean, Jimmy G, he's been there for a few years now. He knows the team. He knows the playbook. I don't, I think they're going to be fine. I, I still think Trey Lance, it was still too early for him to be out there. I mean, they basically just threw him out there after a year with barely any playing time last year. I, I'm sorry for the kid. I hope he gets better. I hope he heals and hope he, you know, gets back and, plays better, but I wasn't really even that impressed with him the last two games from what I've seen. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the team's got to be feeling confident. I mean, Jimmy G did lead him to a Super Bowl. And then last right. and last right. year, you know, NFC Championship, you know, they almost got back there again. So, I mean, this team has all the confidence in the world that Jimmy G can get it done. But we'll just, you know, time will tell. We'll see. But it has to feel good for the 49ers to at least have that option versus who in the world do we throw back there at quarterback. So at least you've got a guy that's yeah. reliable He's been in a lot of these situations before, and they feel comfortable moving forward with him. Well, staying in the NFC West, speaking of rebounding after a loss, the LA Rams beat the Atlanta Falcons behind a solid performance by Matt Ryan, who threw three touchdowns in this one. Ben, it was nice to see the Rams looking more like themselves this week, but while they jumped out to a big lead, they led the Falcons come all the way back and would have lost if it wasn't for a fantastic interception made by Jalen Ramsey. Dude, I was I was hoping for the Falcons in this one because maybe they could have broken their little curse that they have going on because they always are the, on the complete opposite side of this. They'll get out, they'll lead by you know three touchdowns, two touchdowns, what have you, and then they'll blow up. But I was like, 
come on, Falcons, try to at least, you know, make a huge comeback. And they they really almost did. So I was excited for them to at least get back into it. But yeah, uh, Los Angeles, I mean, letting them even be close in this game was, was definitely a, a travesty for them. But I mean, I'm I'm glad to see the Falcons at least fighting out. I know they're 0-2, but the last the two games they've had this year, they've they've been in both of those games. So good for them. Uh, good for the Rams to get back uh, on the winning side. Yeah, that interception at the end, though. I mean, Jalen Ramsey was behind yes. the receiver and reached mm-hmm. up and over him and took the ball. I mean, yeah. that is that's a hardcore yeah. play right there. I mean, yeah. that, that's definitely not yeah. an interception that just any <laughs> any cornerback can make. So definitely showing that, you know, he's one of the best in the game, you know, right now to do that. So hats off to him for for saving his team there because, yeah, after being up so big, I mean, there's no reason they should have lost that game. And that would have that would have left Sean McVay and the rest of the team just, you know, with a pit in their stomach, letting that one get away. So good for them to come out, you know, come out with that win. The last NFC West team we're going to highlight are the Arizona Cardinals. Ben, it looked like the same song, different verse, as the Cardinals were down 20-0 to zero to the Raiders before storming all the way back, forcing overtime, and returning a fumble for a game-winning touchdown in overtime. How crazy was the result of this game, given the fact they were down 20? How about Kyler Murray and just his extending of plays? That two-point conversion just seemed like it went on forever, running around the whole field, ran probably like 50, 60 yards. And then somehow just magically wide open in the end zone, just ran it in. <laughs> I mean, I, it was unbelievable. And then that fumble recovery, I, I will tell you that cornerback got to be careful because uh, he almost threw the ball out of the end zone before he even crossed the line. So mm. it could have been a totally different story. But no, I mean, good job for the Cardinals coming back being down 20. Yeah, well, it's kind of funny. I'll, I'll admit this. I was, you know, taking some notes during these games and whatever, and this game, as well as the Rams game, big leads looked like it was over, you know, and so I'm writing notes about, you know, them just dominating and all this stuff, and then I have to go back and scratch that, rewrite that. First of all, the Ra- the Rams almost lose a close one, and now the Cardinals, you know, end up winning in overtime, so looked like the Raiders were well on their way, and then, yeah, man, just giving that one up, so they, they've definitely got to be sick, got to regroup this week you know, going into week three. But yeah, major props to the Cardinals for coming back, fighting to the end and getting that win in overtime. Well, two teams the Raiders will get to know well this season, the Chargers and Chiefs squared off in what promised to be an epic battle Thursday night. Patrick Mahomes versus Justin Herbert. Many people, including myself, strongly believe it will be one of these two teams winning the AFC West and that the Chargers are built to take the division crown from the Chiefs who have won it the last six seasons. The Chargers looked in control the majority of this game, even being up by 10 early in the fourth, but ended up finding themselves down 10 in the last couple of minutes of the game. It was the Chiefs holding on in this one for a 27-24 win, but Ben, how impressed were you with Justin Herbert's performance, especially converting several fourth downs that last drive, considering how hurt he looked toward the end of the game? Oh yeah, he was in dire pain. I mean, I mean, you could tell that he was, every throw he was making, it was, it was even worse every single time, but very impressed. I mean, this kid is... He's amazing. He's very electric, great decision maker. He was without his favorite target, Keenan Allen. So, I mean, doing this all without him out there, very impressed. This just seemed like a normal Chiefs game, though. It seems like the other teams always seem to be kind of in control, and the Chiefs somehow are able to do their little magic and come back and get the win. But definitely very impressed with the Chargers. I definitely think – I'm thinking the Chiefs will not win the division. I do think the Chargers uh, have a really good shot at winning. I think they would win it, um, in my opinion, this year as well. So, it, very good game. Yeah, it was crazy there to see Herbert on that last drive. That one – he tried to make that one third down throw, and he couldn't even do it. 
Like he just yeah. like let the ball go and it went like five yards and like yeah. just died. And then he yeah. comes back on fourth down and he throws that laser down the middle for like 30 yards to get him like that to 10. I'm like, what just happened? And like where he put that ball so the defender couldn't get it and everything. I'm like, yes. But like, how do you go from like, oh, I can't even throw it like five yards to all of a sudden just like rifling it down there? So, I mean, I give the guy a lot of props and then he's sitting there holding it. I mean, he, you, he looked in so much pain. So, I mean, just for them to be able to cut it to within three, you know, make it a game. And they almost got the onside kick. I mean, that was, that was close. They did. They really yeah, almost got. To, I was hoping they would just to make yeah. things interesting there, and they almost almost yeah. pulled it off. Yeah, now they'll have another shot. If as long as Herbert hopefully doesn't miss a few games, they'll have definitely have another shot at them. Um, but yeah, now I'm excited to see what they do this year. And like you said, if Keenan Allen comes back. I mean, his number one target. I mean, that's huge. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Well, the last AFC West team, the Denver Broncos, rebounded from last week's loss and beat the lowly Texans sixteen to nine. They did get the win, but a very sloppy performance against a bad team isn't putting fear into any of their future opponents. Ben, there's a lot of hype around the signing of Russell Wilson. Obviously, the season's young, and they also have a new head coach, so I think it's expected to have some early hiccups. They are 1-1, one one, but I feel like people are treating them like they're 0-2. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. Like I, I'm on that side of where I feel like this, and I think the Broncos think this too. Like They, they probably are like, hey, they're happy they got a win. Um, at home against Houston, but like, I mean, they have not played well. Russell has not played well. He hasn't clicked with his receivers. I feel like it is a matter of time. I mean, this, they could turn this around, but they do not look good at all. And we'll just have to see what happens. And they, they're going to have to get it going a lot quicker because, I mean, you got Oakland, you've got Kansas City, you've got Los Angeles in that division. They're going to have to get this figured out sooner than later. But I give the props over to Houston, basically tying last week with, with your Colts and then playing a, a great three quarters at least against Denver and almost pulling it out in Denver. Yeah, well, staying in the AFC South, the Titans got demolished by the Bills on Monday night, 41-7. to Josh Allen continued his elite play, throwing for 317 yards, four touchdowns, three of which went to Stephon Diggs, all while not playing in the fourth quarter. Ben, I know it's early, but the Bills definitely looked the part of a legit Super Bowl contender behind that high-powered offense and stingy defense led by Von Miller. Yeah, man. Um, when you hold when you hold Derrick Henry to one point nine yards a carry average, I mean that's that's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, because that man is that man is tough to bring down. But I mean, I know they had to abandon the run basically because Buffalo was already killing them at the kind of at that point. But still, second, I mean, first half it was only seventeen seven. So just holding him to about one point nine yards carry is impressive. But this team looks all the parts of a Super Bowl contender. Um, so I, it's scary, man. Very, very scary. Rounding out that division was an AFC South matchup that should have been an entertaining game, but it was everything but. As the Jaguars shut out my Colts 24-0. to Ben, I know we talked some during the game. Yes, the Colts were missing their top two receivers, which allowed them to pack the box, make life hard for Jonathan Taylor, because there's no real threat over the top. And yes, they were also missing top defensive player and captain Shaquille Leonard. But you are a professional team in the NFL. You should be able to score some points, especially against the lowly Jacksonville Jaguars. It also annoys me how we make Trevor Lawrence look like Aaron freaking Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> Like seriously, yeah. like the he's a good quarterback, yeah. but like, come on now, like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was twenty-five of thirty for two thirty-five, like I, only missing five passes. I, I mean, that is Aaron Rodgers-esque. Yeah, so, like, I, I I understand the frustration, but 
but I think you kind of already said it. I give you a hard time only because it's fun to give you a hard time, just like you would give me a hard time. But I, it's the second game, and like you've already mentioned, I mean, they only had, they they were missing Micah Pittman, uh, Michael Pittman, excuse me. They're missing him and your other receiver that you have. Who, who's that again? I can't think of who it was. Alex Pierce, our our draft you, top second. draft pick yes. there. Yeah, so, I mean, missing those two doesn't really help Matt Ryan. I'm not saying that you, he still shouldn't score, because, I mean, you, you definitely should get on the board, but he threw three picks. But, yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard to beat anybody in the NFL when all they're going to do is sell out to stop Jonathan Taylor. I mean, then you can't do, you just can't do anything after that. Yeah, well, and I feel for Matt Ryan a little bit, too, because it seemed like he was running yeah. for his life most of the day, and we're supposed to have a good offensive line. It, yeah. it was reminiscent of the days of Andrew Luck when he just <laughs> hiked the ball, and yeah. he's all of a sudden running. And the thing is, at least, at least Andrew can run a little bit. Matt Ryan can't run. So he's he's old, he's slow, and it's like, dude, you, you got to protect the guy. Like, give him some time to throw. So I will say, yeah, while he did throw three interceptions, the guy didn't have any time to throw the ball. Like, give him, give him a few extra seconds, man. He probably can find some guys, but... Yeah, but I mean, props to the Jaguars, though. I mean, that's my youngest brother, Derek. He's a big Jags fan, always has been for years. He was kind. I didn't hear from him. You know, there was no smack talk after the game. So he he's usually pretty good about that. He doesn't rub anything in, but I figured I would reach out and just be like, hey, man, congrats or whatever on the win. But he was at least, yeah. you know, nice about it and didn't, didn't rub it in my face, even though he would have been totally justified in doing so. Yes. Speaking of rubbing it in, Ben, your team didn't fare oh. much better as the Eagles Ouch. made easy work of the Vikings 24-7 to on Monday night. Ben, as great as Cousins looked against the Packers the week before, he looked just as bad against the Eagles tossing three interceptions. I don't think I was that mean to your Colts. No, I 100% agree. So the only thing I took out of this that I was proud of my team for was they didn't score. Nobody scored in the second half. I mean, nobody scored. It was a a super boring game. Everything happened in the first half. Eagles dominated the first half. After that, it was just it was snooze fest. But really, in reality, yeah, Cousins was he was terrible. I mean, three picks and those three picks, Travis, in the red zone, all three of them. That's what made me more, the most irritated. Like if he if he completes those three and we score touchdowns on those three drives, I mean, we win the game. Yeah, so like that was that was the most irritating thing to me about. But this is just Kirk Cousins, and I've been saying this about him for so long, and I just see so many Vikings fans that talk so good about him and so high about his completion percentage and yada, yada, yada. He's not good in the moment. When we need him in the moment, he, he does not deliver. I mean, he looked great last week, but this week is just kind of normal Kirk Cousins to me. Well, the team the Eagles will be battling for the division crown, the Dallas Cowboys got a much-needed and impressive win against the Bengals 20-17, to especially without their starting quarterback. Ben, this was the second week in a row the Bengals have lost by a field goal. As much as we love seeing the Cowboys lose, how funny is it seeing the Bengals struggle early in the season? That's hilarious. I, I think it's hilarious. I, I really do. I, I have nothing against Joe Burrow, but I've I've kind of grown tired of hearing about him. I feel like everybody's talking about them, and I'm just like, you guys are 0-2 right now, and you just <laughs> lost to the Cowboys. I mean, I mean, it doesn't get worse than losing to the Cowboys with a Cooper Rush quarterback. I mean, we lost to the Cowboys last year with Cooper Rush at quarterback. So, like, I understand that pain, but, like, I think it's hilarious, man. I just – I couldn't believe this score. I, I thought the Bengals were going to be – I thought they were going to be ticked and just blow them out, honestly. <laughs> but this is, this is crazy. The Giants are 2-0 and for the first time in six years as they beat the Panthers 19-16. to Ben Barkley had a much quieter day on the ground this week than last week, but the G-Men still found a way to win. How surprised are you by their 2-0 and start to the season? 
dude, what the heck, man? I mean, <laughs> like, seriously, what is going on? I, I mean, they got Daniel Jones quarterback. Like, how are we, how are we speaking about the Giants being 2-0? We typically are saying, oh, the Giants are looking at number one draft pick next year or something crazy like that. I know it's the Panthers and Baker Mayfield's not really doing anything over there. But, like, first week they beat Titans, who have been a playoff team for the last couple of years, besides being trounced by the Bills, you know, a couple nights ago. But, yeah, I mean, good for them. You know, good for the, the teams that typically don't do well. Like, speaking of the Jaguars or the Texans, they're they're doing okay this year. But good job for the Giants being 2-0. Commanders came back down to earth, falling to the Lions 36-27 behind four touchdown passes from Jared Goff. Aiden Hutchinson had three sacks in the first half for the Lions, who drafted him with the number two pick in the draft. Ben, it seems like Goff is getting more comfortable with that offense as they've been able to put up 35-plus points in back-to-back weeks. It's kind of embarrassing, honestly, because, I mean, we only put seven up against Philly, and they put, yeah, they put 35 up last week. So, I mean, I, I'm a little bit scared to play them this week. <laughs> <laughs> They're looking pretty good, man. I mean, seriously, though, like, what in the world's going on with that team? I just, I, I kind of, I hope they're going to be good. I mean, again, another, like, lowly team that's typically not good. I hope the Lions will be good. Someone else that hopes they'll be good is my brother-in-law, Caleb. He's a big, diehard Lions fan, has been his whole life. So, I feel like it's Poor it's guy. time for him. I know. He's, yes, yes. It's time for him to have some, you know, some positive things to cheer about. Agreed, agreed. When you're scoring 35 points a game, I mean, it's going to be hard to lose with all those games. So I hope they, I hope they win. Well, the oldest rivalry in NFL history squared off Sunday night with their 205th meeting as the Green Bay Packers took down the Chicago Bears 27-10. The Bears scored first in this one, and they didn't do much after that. Ben, the Packers looked a lot more like themselves in this game behind a solid performance from Rodgers, who benefited having Lazard back to throw to. But it was the running game, specifically from Aaron Jones, who rushed for 132 yards and a touchdown, while also having a receiving touchdown as well. Yeah, I mean, this is just like normal Aaron Rodgers, because he he literally owns the Green Bay Packers, and he says it all the time. The Bears, you mean? He owns the Bears? Yeah, uh, I'll ask the Green Bay Packers, and I'm... (laughs) He, he owns them, you know, too, I mean, but no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, with his contract, he definitely probably could. Oh, but, um, yeah, the Chicago. I mean, he uh, he always says it. I think he even said it last year because I don't think they Chicago beat him last year at all. But, like, this is kind of a normal thing for them. Chicago, I don't think Chicago's going to do anything this year as far as their team. I, I mean, I hope Justin Fields does well, uh, but his offensive line has always been bad there. But, yeah, no, this looked a lot better. Aaron Jones looked a lot more like himself for the past few years, and good win for them for sure. Well, they actually gave him some touches, too. Against you guys the week before, there was, you know, some complaints about he hardly touched the ball. And it's like, what are you guys doing? And I know they were down and, you know, they're basically being forced to throw. But, man, you got to try to keep defenses honest and keep your your good guys in the game and focused and, you know, able to contribute. So I feel like they definitely came into this game with a game plan of let's get Aaron Jones the ball early. Let's get him going, and I feel like they just fed off of that. And obviously the run game opens the passing game up and vice versa, and you just saw that because it's either Jones rushing or it was Rodgers making some big-time throws. So, yeah, good to see the Packers get back to you know what they do best. I know my, my son Ty was excited. We let him stay up for the first half, and he was pretty pumped. To, <laughs> had some Actually had some good things to cheer about this week. As long as they're not playing the Vikings. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Well, the Patriots and Steelers battled it out, and it was New England's defense who helped secure this one 17-14. Ben, you can already see the impact of not having T.J. Watt out there on the defensive end for the Steelers. Yeah, it's going to be huge, man. I mean, he's the heart and soul of that defense, so it's going to be huge. I mean, they only scored 17 against 
the Steelers, but still, I mean, we'll have to see how, how this affects them. But Trubisky, I don't think, is the answer for Pittsburgh. I, I think they're going to have to probably go to Pickett, and I'm sure the fans are going to be calling for that every single game. Yep. So, yeah, I think they're going to have to eventually just give him a chance just to see what he's got. But, I mean, it, it's not looking good for Trubisky right now. But we'll have to see what happens there. But also on the flip side with Mac Jones, I don't feel like the Patriots are really doing that well either. I mean, I don't think he's been living up to his little hype that they've got going on. But Bill Belichick's always got a good defense. Yeah, I feel like at the end of the day, even if their offense isn't clicking, they just rely on their defense. Yeah. And obviously it won them the game here. So. Well, Flacco fired a 15-yard touchdown pass to rookie Garrett Wilson with 22 seconds left as the Jets, J-E-T-S, <laughs> rallied for an improbable 31-30 win over the stunned Cleveland Browns, who blew a two-touchdown lead in the final two minutes. Ben, how in the world do you blow a two-touchdown lead, let alone to the Jets? Oh, I've got an answer for that. It's because your team name is the Browns. I mean, it's, it's just always, they, just they take a crap stuff, on the man. field, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they do. This is this this is what they do. I mean, I could have seen the Jets do this too, honestly. But like, this is what they do. They they just can't hold the lead. And I know Nick Chubb was hard on himself, but like he shouldn't be hard on himself. He scored a touchdown where they could have just went down in the field, and then they could have just need the game, need the ball down, and won the game. But like, I mean, that missed extra point was huge, obviously, because I mean, they, yeah, up being up by thirteen, and then the Jets come back, and like, what the crap happened with Flacco? I mean, he must have gone back to his Super Bowl winning way or something like that, throwing for four touchdowns. Are you kidding me? Still got a little juice left in there, apparently. Ah, uh, please. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of ridiculous comebacks, the Dolphins were down 35-14 to in the fourth quarter before rallying to beat the Ravens 42-38 behind Tua, who threw for 469 yards and six touchdowns, four of which came in the final period. Ben, I had to do a double take when I saw the final score and I couldn't believe my eyes. How shocked were you by this outcome? Very shocked. And I've been super hard on Tua, but like, I mean, he looked pretty good from watching the highlights against them. And Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill, dude, I mean, they are ridiculous. They both had 11 receptions, both almost at 200 yards. I mean, Hill at 190 and Waddle had 171. I mean, that dynamic duo, man, they're going to be, I feel like they're going to probably surprise people if they can play this well. I know this is against Baltimore. I don't think Baltimore's really got a great defense, but man, Baltimore had control of this game the whole way through. And then 28 to 3 in the fourth quarter, man. What the heck happened? Those fantasy owners have to be happy. Whoever's got Waddle and Hill, man, almost 200 yards receiving. That's some serious fantasy points for wide receivers. Yeah, but, and whoever's got Tua, dude, six touchdowns. And Tua, yeah, all those yards and all those touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, I literally I saw the score 35 14 like earlier. And I'm like, man, Ravens are smacking them. And then later on, I, I see the final, and I'm like, oh, yeah, Dolphins won. Wait, what? Dolphins won? <laughs> I'm like, how? How is this possible? Oh, they put up 20 in the fourth? What in the world? It's insane. <laughs> and in Baltimore, too. I mean, of all places, not at yeah. home, in Baltimore. So it's yeah. very impressive. Well, the Bucks took down the Saints 2010 in an afternoon filled with drama that saw Brady once again throwing his tablet to the ground and Mike Evans getting ejected along with Lattimore. After his third down incomplete pass early in the fourth quarter, Brady was shouting at Lattimore when running back Leonard Fournette entered the fray and shoved the Saints' star cornerback. Lattimore responded by shoving Fournette, and Evans rushed in and flattened Lattimore, much like he did in a 2017 game between these two teams. Ben, I know you want to stand up for your teammates, but you have to control your emotions as Evans is now suspended for the next game, which will, of course, hurt his team with him not being out there. 
Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to when you're the number one option because with Chris Godwin being out, I mean, you are you are kind of his target to throw to. So, like, you especially in a, in a, even in a conference game, in a divisional game, you got to keep your cool. I, I know it's I know it's hard when you see a teammate like that, you know, getting getting messed with and everything. You want to retaliate for sure, but yeah, you've got to you got to keep your cool. Um, so sucks that they're gonna lose him for the next game, but also at the same time as us being Brady haters, it's kind of like ha. Ah. <laughs> yeah, and they're playing the Packers next game, so hopefully that means oh, a loss. Even better. Even yeah. better. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, the angle I saw, though, I didn't actually even see Fournette. Like, I saw Brady and Lattimore getting into it. It almost looked like Brady was starting it with his, you know, just jawing at him, and Lattimore kind of turned back and said some things, and so they both were going, and then it was like Evans just came out of nowhere, like, that's my quarterback, and then just trucked him. Yeah. So, yeah. and then obviously then there was just like the whole melee and stuff and pile up and stuff yeah, of players, yeah. but it's just like, man, these guys just, I feel like they just really struggle controlling their timbers. It's like, man, it's like somebody says one thing and I'm wondering if Lattimore started saying some crap about, you know, Brady and his personal stuff he's got going on. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure everybody uses personal, whenever they can, whatever they can to get an edge. I'm yeah. Sure they do. Getting somebody's no head. So, I mean, yeah. And yeah. I feel like there's obvious, yeah. and obviously there's a line and, I feel like these guys don't care and they, you know, they take it too far, but definitely, definitely got to control yourself for sure. Cause yeah, I mean, you end up in the end of the day, you end up only hurting yourself and you're hurting your team. Exactly. You're not hurting exactly. the guy you went after or whatever. Like he's fine. Yeah. You're only hurting yourself and hurting your team. So you just gotta, gotta keep your head out there for sure. Well, you've been listening to the week two NFL recap here on up your game, a podcast all about sports, Travis and Ben signing off.